Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 393. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening and watching today's episode. Hey, it's a wonderful episode with not only a podcaster, but a nonprofit organization. It is called Field and Faith. We are sitting down with one of its creators, Luke. I was so excited to have this conversation because standing from the point of where I stand as a father, as a entrepreneur, and as a someone who really has a childhood that was really well catered with my own father this is something that stands out to me because what they do they are a 5013c uh, nonprofit that actually uh, helps fatherless kids and men particularly to um, teach them through the kind of ideologies of going out into the nature and and through faith and through um, these different kind of pillars that they go to go through in hikes and all these other events that they put on they kind of give uh just overall new light into these children and to these young ones um giving them hope giving them clarity giving them a chance to um even just really re-socialize and help them through this process of uh, field and faith uh events and it's really incredible i really hope that you guys like this conversation we get into it a lot with what we both kind of went through as kids and also kind of get into what we um what we've been learning throughout our period as fathers so i hope that you enjoy this episode always check out their links in the bios below on top of which i just want to state because we had a little bit of a technical issue but thanks to the wonderful uh fast thinking of my producer Brittany, she did the most incredible thing which was she uh, jumped in with her own camera and kind of caught the tail end of the episode so you'll see a little bit of a harsh difference or a harsh cut and uh, i tried my best to kind of blend them together and really make sure that we get uh, something that is uh, usable and something that you guys can really enjoy but uh thanks to the fast thinking and the smarts of our producer we have a full episode that you guys can enjoy so that being said we'll jump into a little bit of the business side you can hear every episode of finding arizona podcast.com at finding arizona podcast.com you can hear all of our episodes not only here on the website but also at youtube.com slash finding arizona podcast through social media finding arizona podcast under everything so you guys can stay connected with us if you want to just send us an email try and get a hold of us right away finding arizona podcast at gmail.com that being said we do have a service uh based kind of uh new organization that we're calling the found house and there if you would like to start your own podcast if you'd like to learn the intelligent thinking behind the producer Brittany, she is very much excited to share some of her knowledge base information and uh guidance through uh you guys learning through us and we hope that you guys will be interested in doing that through our services package under found house so send us a line again at finding arizona podcast at gmail.com stay connected with us through everything we do have a blog and a newsletter and a vlog so three different entities that you guys can stay uh closely connected to uh, to us through those three different pillars uh we hope that you guys have been enjoying these episodes we are so close i can see the finish line to 400 i'm super excited we have big plans so stay tuned for those stay tuned to our social medias we have been so like enamored with all of the stuff 
stuff that we have gotten on the books because we are so excited to share every single one of these people and individuals and businesses with you, the audience, with you, the listener. So that being said, let's just jump right into this episode, episode number 393 with Field and Faith and with Luke, the owner. I will see you next time. And oh, also before I forget, they do have a podcast. Go check out their podcast, which is available on Spotify and all podcast platforms under Field and Faith Podcast. So let's jump into this episode. Until next time, kiss hugs and belly rubs to our four-legged friends. See you later. Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. We bring in guests every week, and it's very special to us, and today is no different. I'm your host, Jose, and I would love to introduce you to Luke over here, and I'd love to introduce his business, which is a 501c3 organization called Faith and Field. Field and Faith, sorry, I apologize. Um, But they actually help empower fatherless men uh, through outdoor involvement. And, uh, thank you again, Luke, for coming in. If I said anything wrong, please correct me. Oh, don't worry. Everybody says it backwards. It's yeah. totally cool. It happens all the time. <laughs> I, I would figure too. It's like the, the faith becomes, uh, comes first before the field, but it's actually vice versa. They go hand in hand actually with yeah, us. So. That's awesome. Um, so I'd love to just kind of start off with what we usually ask everyone is just give us your origin story of how, um, this business, this organization came into you know fruition, how you chose to go about it in the in the very early on. Yeah, so you know the reason why I started it was just it was it was a calling on my heart. Um, it was my story. So yeah. my dad died when I was eight years old. I came from a broken home. Um, just the typical stuff, right? My dad was type one diabetic, he had heart disease really bad, was sick all the time. So when I was at mm-hmm. his house, it was Hey, he's in shock. He's passed out again. we got to give him honey right away. So it was just very traumatic. I watched him have a heart attack as a kid and then he ended up passing away. So yeah, it was, it was true to my story. And I saw the struggle from the time that he passed away until the time I hit high school when things yeah. started getting really bad with anxiety and depression. And then I fell into drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. ended up trying to take my own life when I was 16, um, ended up incarcerated when I was 20. And so I saw the effects of it firsthand, not knowing what it was yeah and then really finding and getting back into my faith getting married having my own kids and seeing the effects of me as a father within my own home yeah and then really seeing it through you know i've been in ministry for about six years now and seeing from youth development to college development and like seeing just the struggles and the father aspect within the home yeah and that missing piece of it yeah absolutely i mean you know, there's a lot of things that I can kind of pick out from this, you know, your story and just kind of want to ask you from the get go, you know, being, I'll just be honest, like I've, my father is, is very much has always been a big part of my life and big part of who I am as a man and who I am, you know, growing up and what I believe in. And, you know, it's hard to imagine him not being there because, I was telling Britt when we were talking about you and you coming in and I was like, I don't know if I can, uh, you know, I, I don't know where I can, you know, meet you in the, in the, in the walkings of life because 
was like, I was telling her, I was like, my dad was always there. He was always my biggest cheerleader. He was there when I had struggles. He was always trying to tell me and involve me in things and, and, and trying to do the types of things that you are doing currently. And she kind of put it on this question to me. She actually asked me, it's like, well, where do you, you know, her dad's the similar way. And I can kind of experience, see that through the lens of, um, you know, what she's talked about and her stories and conversations with me about him. But the one thing that she brought to my attention is, was, where do you think, or why do you think your dad, my father and her dad get that from? Do you think it's because they didn't really have parents that were involved or do you know, that sort of thing where it's like why they chose to be such fatherly figures to their own kids. And I was like, I, I would remove myself, you know, I was like, wow, my grandfather was kind of this man who was a farmer feeding five kids. He didn't have a lot of time to spend with my dad, I imagine. And so that's, I think that's where it stems from kind of a lot of the times where he wanted someone to, to do those types of things with, with him. And so he chose to put all that energy towards me and my brother. So I was just like, wow, that's so like, you know, having her to kind of fill me in in those kind of points of like open mindset and open, you know, dialogue and having those things. It's, it's really intriguing. So I say that, so that I can give you a perspective of where I'm coming from and totally, just kind yeah. of like under, help you understand kind of my story. But I'd love that you chose this route and chose this organization to put all your heart into. I'd love to just kind of ask you, and I know the faith came into your life Did that come that I imagine that came first. You had to kind of fix yourself before you can help fill the cups of other you know kids and students. Um, can you give us a little bit of that moment where the faith came back into your life and in your world? Yeah, I love that you said that because that's such a big part of what we're trying to do is, you know, everybody wants to fix the world at large. Yeah. But they don't see the brokenness within themselves, you know? Yeah. And you have to fix that before you can fix anybody else. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I grew up in the church, um, but I didn't understand it. It was not within our home. Mm-hmm. My mom, single mom, three kids, yeah. worked all the time. Um, and so the church was like a, an outlet for her to take us to, to help us, Absolutely. you know, within that structure. So I grew up in it. And to me, it was listening to this guy speak on stage of hell and brimstone and fire and mm-hmm. do things wrong. And it's, you're going to hell and mm-hmm. this is just the way of life, you know, and that's what I knew for church. And it wasn't until I actually jumped into the Bible myself and actually started re- reading everything myself and understanding yeah. it for myself and stop listening to other people telling me what it said. Yeah. Until I finally started to read the truth and start to feel the relationship that mm-hmm. was building with Jesus and just that aspect of it until I yeah. can start fixing myself. And then as I progressed through that, all these broken pieces of me started to heal. Yeah. And all these things started to like come together to where I could actually be a good father and be a good husband. And now I feel like I was at a point to where now I can start giving to the rest. That's awesome. That's really cool. Was there like a... I guess, you know, a specific date and time or like kind of period in your life where you cracked open the Bible and cracked open those, you know, scriptures and, and pieces to help you kind of look at yourself and move forward. Uh, yeah, it was. Let's see. Um, I had just turned 21. I'd gone through all my legal stuff. Yeah. Um, 
I had gotten back into church through a group of friends and I just remember going through and kind of reading uh, the story of the sower where it talks about oh. the farmer going out and yeah. sowing seeds on rocky soil and good soil, right? And going yeah. back and forth and I'd be like, I've, I've heard the story a thousand times and now I understand. Yeah. Like, and I begin to understand because of the clarity of it, like there was no more drugs, there was no more alcohol, there was no more stress, there was no more anxiety. I was just in a place of comfort and peace and accepting this mm -hmm. and now finally being able to read it in such a way. And this was like 2009, 2010. Yeah. Oh man. That's like, again, I always try and I kind of pick at these stories of like where you, where the turning point is sort of to kind of dig up the emotions behind, you know, purpose and things like that for these different types of individuals who come in and talk with us, because I feel like there's this aspect of, you know, clarity. Once you kind of had moments in life where success and, and whatever it may be that you figure into your life, you kind of look back and you're like, huh, there is, there was that moment where like, sometimes the, the pinpoints don't kind of like make sense in the time that you're doing it, but you look back and you have these conversations. It's, a little bit more fruitful you kind of you yeah. kind of have it in a, a more kind of yeah wow that's incredible that i still remember that moment for you it's like you've had all these you know struggles if you call them that and and hard times um just to kind of have this pinnacle realization that you can help others and you can you know use what you've been through to help these kids and these students get something out of life or feel some kind of purpose and meaning. And I find that very, you know, incredible. And I find that it just like, it's, it's admirable. It's something that you kind of always read about in the book and you just, you know, you don't get a chance to see that too often these days. And so I commend you on that. And I Thanks. really, I really do. Um, what was it like to kind of, that first time around, like, I know you guys go, you use a lot of outdoor activities to kind of help these students and, and these individuals uh, feel motivated and purposeful in life. What was that first kind of group or lesson that you, what was those first couple of ones? Like, was it scary for you? Was it like emotional for you? Was there anything that stood out? Yeah. I, you know, our very first hike, um, I wanted to do a hike for our first one. So part of our curriculum is we do every other month, we do a hike and Bible study at the top of the mountain. Okay. So within the Bible, you see multiple times of Jesus going into the wilderness to pray or on a mountaintop to pray, same yeah. with Moses. And there's just, there's something beautiful when you're on top of a mountain, you're in the silence, the wind's blowing on your face. Like there's just a calm and a peace. Yeah. Um, so that's part of it. And then the other part is we do hunting, fishing, camping, but very hands-on in the field. Like they're going to get to. Yeah see what it's like to process an animal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it's very hands-on, which most things aren't that hands-on, but yeah. uh, for a hike to me is, is such a beautiful thing because I've noticed when I get to in like a funk or in a mood or whatever, if you can, you can just go hike. Yeah. You can get it out real quick. So I was like, first one we're doing is a hike Nice. and we're going to go to the mountain that I grew up right next to. And I spent most of my childhood on. Okay. Cause I was like, I'm going to tell a story for these kids to understand who I am and kind of share my testimony. I was like, if one kid shows up today. I'm, I'm happy. That's awesome. And we had two kids show up. Nice. Right. So Very it was cool. like, but it's just a cool experience to be able to get on top of that mountain and to be able to share my life with them because that's kind of a big part is like, not only do I want to 
help them grow into what they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But even more so, I want to share my life with them. Absolutely. Right. So they get to experience that and be a part of that. So, yeah. So that's just what it was, man. It was, it was such a cool experience. And then getting to talk to people on top of the mountain that just happened to be up there too and share yeah. with what we're doing and that's really just the experience. That's cool. It, you know? That's to me, that's like the best part about like being able to share your, um, who you are is like, you get to do it through a lens of like, these activities but then you also get the kind of you know secondhand influences where it's like again you meet you know other people along the trails that you can kind of just share this a little tidbit of like oh we're here with these guys to help them and and just like we're trying to do something for the community and do something for these individuals who are going through something and and that in itself is just beautiful because they never expected to run into you. And then you also never expected to even have meet someone along the trail and like have to have this explanation for them. But so it's this beautiful, like destiny almost. It's like, you kind of just like people hike, but it's like, you never expect to meet like a group that is like going through something or kind of like, you know, be inspired or be influenced in that manner. So, yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Cause one of the guys, like you could tell he was like inching closer to see what we were actually doing. And <laughs> yeah. just started to listen and kind yeah. of hang out. And then we started talking afterwards and you know, just being like that, just like, Hey, now give this guy motivation of like, dude, I know you believe in something. Yeah. Go and get it, man. Absolutely. You know? I think that's really incredible too. It's like you have brought in um, so many individuals away from kind of the worst struggles and trying to give them purpose, you know, just to give them some opportunity to walk away from the bad and into the good sort of deal. And that is something that I hope to do, you know, with this podcast or, you know, through my life in general, it's like, I always like to say that I like to keep the positive in any manner of light and see the silver lining just because I, I just, that's the kind of person that I am. I love positivity. I love this joyous and looking through the lens of like, you know, there's, there's something good. You're learning something, whether you're having a hard time or not, you're learning something through that struggle. And I don't know where that comes from or where that stems from. I have to do some more soul searching, but I think that there is an element to my own kind of life struggles that I just kind of like, okay, I have to just look at it in this lens or this light for some reason. Well, a lot of people look at that kind of stuff as this is a trial, right? Which yeah. people put that idea of a trial as a negative where it's no, it's not a trial. It's an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. I love that. To go love, left or right. You know yeah, I mean? absolutely. Um, so, I mean, can you, do you have a sense of um, statistic or number of kids that's been through your kind of program that you can give us that helps us understand, I mean, from going from two, maybe you have like a full group now, or just give us maybe a number of kids that's been through your doors. Yeah. So we, we have anywhere from like three to a dozen that show up per hike um, yeah. or event. And then we've only been doing this for about six months. Okay. Realistically. Nice. So actually our paper yeah. was filed as of February, 2023. So we're one year of paperwork coming up <laughs> Nice. and then, uh, but yeah, we've only been doing this for about six months and we already have like, just a ton of stuff upcoming. We have a high school program that's getting ready to start next nice. month. Um, foster kids. We work through with camps and stuff, which we also have another foster care partner that we've just teamed up with that. That's beautiful. It's going to start bringing kids in as well. So yeah, this just, we don't have an exact number. Um, that's, that's I mean, okay. between our service and donations and foster kids, I mean, it's, 
the the number is just astronomical. And the fact that's like, oh my God, I, I didn't even picture in my head that you work with the foster care group too. I just thought it was like individuals maybe in, you know, the church or something, what there may be, um, you know, that are just kids that are, you know, don't have a father to help them go through this program. But it's, it's incredible that there's people like you in the world that just want to help because that's what I want to do. I want to just help. And whether that's through, you know, my own struggles or through something else, because I just love running. I'm a runner and and I love going like, you know, you can see out there, there's, there's a, um, the canal on the other side of that wall, uh, in the backside. And that's just something that I love doing. I grew up running, um, on the reservation and those trails, like I always kind of picture them like they're, they have always been there, but it's just really incredible. Later on in life, I was like, no, these were created by someone like, a my ancestors, people before me going here and there and, and kind of using and making these trails never dawned on me when I was like a younger to like that these, these led, like, they're just always there. They're just trails that I could go and use to run and do those types of things. I, I say that because it's like, there are people in this world that are trying to help or trying to lead you somewhere. And it may not dawn on you now, but today it'll dawn on you when you're a little bit older and you have more perspective of life. And I hope the kids will understand that people like you are incredible entities in the world that are just trying to help and really just are just pillars in some court, some kind of fashion in these kids' lives. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I just, I know how hard it is to be that kid. You know, I still remember the hurts and the pains and yeah. the reality is I just don't, I don't want these kids to go through the same thing because yeah. the biggest problem is the cycle that continues, right? The kid grows up with a dad without a dad. Mm-hmm it's highly likely that he's going to do the same thing to another child. So, yeah, I hope I, you know, and I I was kind of, kind of curious too. You, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. It's just like, you know, doing the podcast was nothing, never something that you intended on having alongside with the, with the organization. How have you felt like doing the podcast from the get go has made an effect not only on you, but the people who are part of your organization or want to be a part of your organization or even the kids that have already participated in your organization. So really the the whole idea is I saw the, the vision for what we were going to do on the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. before we even started doing anything. Okay. So like we started out with a 13 to 17 year old program and that was what we we're going to do, but I was like, yeah. this is going to be much bigger than this. Yeah. And I oversaw the whole thing of, so the podcast to me was just another piece of the puzzle, okay. right. Of, cause now we're getting ready to launch an 18 hour program. Nice. We're also getting ready to launch a dad's program. Cool. To get dads more involved in their kids' lives. Yeah. So to me, it was an overarching thing of like, how do we get this community of men together? Right. Cause yeah. I have eight best friends and we've been best friends for 20 years and without them, who knows where I would be. Yeah. And I realized that that's not a normal thing yeah. for guys in yeah. general yeah. to be able to talk and share and go through life together. So it was, I saw this vision of how do we create a community of men going together and fighting for something, 
right? Because yeah. if you teach a guy something, he's going to multiply that. Yep. He's going to go out and teach somebody else that. So it's just, that's how we over encompass this. And so that was the podcast, right? Yeah. We're going to talk about things that guys deal with that they don't want to talk about with their friends. Yeah. Which we did. We went after pornography and we went after addictions and we went after dad issues. Like that's just what we wanted to do. We just wanted to tackle the tough stuff that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. And to oh me, gosh. it was, it was an opportunity to get out of my own comfort zone because I realized that if you get out of your comfortable area and do something uncomfortable, yeah, it's going to benefit you and it's going to benefit somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. I didn't get a chance to see or hear all of the episodes, but I did what I like to do too, in particular in preparation for these conversations is kind of like your most recent one. And then your very first one. And the fact that it's like, I mean, I can tell from the very first one to the most recent one that there is a level of purpose in your, not only just your brand, just, you know, who you are, you know, what the organization stands for, all of those things. It's just, there's a, a, a theme and a straight line that you can kind of see throughout the entire naming of the episodes, what they're, what they're trying to accomplish and things like that. But there's like a straight kind of delineated, um, you know, looking at it from a whole standpoint of like where you guys started from and where you guys are at now that you can kind of see it all the way through. And it's very beautiful because, you know, some people like you, for me in particular too, it's like we went one route and then we kind of moved this other route and we were kind of just, I was just trying to figure out who I was as a host, who I was as, you know, a conversationalist and who I was trying to be because I started this in 2015 and back then, you know, podcasts were one thing where they are now is kind of a little bit different in the sense of um, how you try and accomplish uh, the episodes. And it's just been a, a ride for me just to kind of say we were starting here and now we're <laughs> incredibly not different, but incredibly more proficient in what we do and what, who we are as, a, as an organization ourselves. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's, it's incredible, but that you have this theme that you can kind of set yourselves on and just, it's really, it's really beautiful. Um, I'd love to just now kind of, you've brought up a lot of these pieces that you saw the organization as a bigger picture. And I'd love to just kind of grasp that a little bit more of what you're hoping to get because you did bring up starting the different 18 plus and things like that. Overall, is there something like, I hate to be kind of like trying to connect you guys in the same limelight, um, like the boy scouts of America, or, you know, in that sense of like having these different groups, but then, you know, like they have the jamboree, like this big kind of gathering of these different groups can you give us some like how you're hoping to accomplish these different parts of the organization? Yeah, and I wanted to be nothing like the Scouts. That's totally fine. Is, I get which it. Which is yeah. called Scouts now. It's no oh, longer. Oh, right. I don't think it is even Boy or Girl Scouts anymore. It's just no Scouts. Problem. Yeah. So to me, it was like I was never part of Boy Scouts growing up. I was actually part of Royal Rangers. Oh, okay. Nice. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. No, I haven't. It was the church's version of nice. Boy Scouts. Okay. But it was the exact same, just with biblical principles involved, right? Got so. It. So to me, I was part of that. But typically when you go to like one of those kind of things, it's a father and son yeah. aspect. Yeah. So to me, it was, well, I don't want to do anything like that. 
And most of the stuff is indoors and they do maybe one camp out a year and then it's selling popcorn and yeah. fundraising and that kind of stuff. And yeah. so it was just, it's to me a fun organization. It's like signing your kid up for soccer. Like it's when they're yeah. little, yeah, they're going to go do it. and It's going to be a fun thing, but how much do they get out of it? Got Cause it. you see some kids that come out and they're Eagle scout, but even those are few and far between. So, so I just really wanted to do something a little bit more hands-on, especially if you try to get into hunting or fishing in Arizona specifically. Yeah. If you go back east, man, you, you can get a hunting tag for 50 bucks and you can shoot just about as much as you want. <laughs> it's the reality. But yeah. you come out here, people aren't ready for it. You yeah. know, I always tell people it's, it's like looking at a map online. Okay. You could look on a map online, but the second you get out to that spot, yeah. it looks very different. Oh, yeah. The terrain is hard and rough. Oh, yeah. And that's what it's like here. When If you want to go and learn how to hunt right now. Yeah. It's not going to be easy and you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is men need to be outdoors. Mm-hmm. And I just, I've seen that from so many people and I've seen the opportunity and the openness that it comes with the outdoors. Mm-hmm. And so people just kept asking me, Hey, I want to learn how to hunt. I want to learn how to fish. I want to do sure. these things. So I started doing all these things and realizing it's like, okay, people need to learn how to do this, but how do you learn how to do this? Mm-hmm. Cause if you are a hunter, you can go to an elk hunting seminar right now, but you're going to sit in a classroom. Yeah. Same yeah. thing for a deer or fishing seminar. Yeah. You can't learn how to do anything sitting in a classroom. The reality is, so we wanted to do something different. Let's get them outdoors and get them off electronics and cell phones. Yeah. But then let's physically show them how to do these things. Nice. Because now you're getting your physical body involved, right? You're just, there's just so many different components that go into it. So, yeah. I mean, I've learned a little bit myself, just again, I agree with you with the aspect of being outdoors is a lesson learned and so many opportunities to learn those lessons. Um, you know, just from my tribe, it's, it's, it's so beautiful that they, they still do those types of things. Um, and also different other tribes throughout Arizona still have those places where, you know, you have to learn certain aspects through hunting, through being outdoors, through those types of moments of struggle too, where it's like, I mean, you're not going to find, you might not find an animal for the day. You know, you might not, and if you do, you might not make the shot. Like you might, you, you know, you might miss and those lessons learned through those struggles of being outdoors, hunting, gathering. I mean, there's so much that you can learn. And I think for my tribe in particular, there's so much storytelling and so many things that they've learned and, and used throughout, you know, because farming is a big aspect of it too, where they've become farmers in their years and stories are being told about, you know, uh, different elements of, you know, drought and things like that, um, seedlings, things. And it's all verbally vocalized to the young ones through those lessons learned. And a lot of the times those lessons that you're learning or being vocalized through are actually being told while you're doing it. So you have to actually touch the land, be a part of it before they can actually tell you the story. So I find that very true in that aspect of like, you know, what you're doing is hands-on because it needs to be hands-on. Let's get the chance to, to learn those elements because they are, again, they're key components of life because there are um, things that you can take away. Like, oh, this is just like this one moment 
and you know you can relate it to whatever but it's like you i've already been through the struggle and i know how to overcome it so it does not affect me on the same way if, if i wasn't already th- went through the ringer of it sort of deal and i love that because you know you make so many positive effects by saying you can overcome it and be through it already so this yeah, is just a hike in general, man. Like yeah. the, the confidence builder that a hike is. Yeah. Because they get to the base of that mountain and they realize how high that mountain is. And they get <laughs> halfway up and they're struggling and you just keep telling them, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. And then they get to the top and like just the joy you see on their face because yeah. you just accomplished that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get to look down, I get to overlook and see the city and whatever. And it's just, it's a confidence booster. Absolutely. And that's all they need half yeah. the time. That's, that's, I'm really excited that you have made this program and, and made this organization for what it is today. There's so many elements that you guys bring to the table to these, to these boys that just really do need this on a, on a fundamental scale. As you've progressed and as you've kind of moved along the, the kind of how you've done this, I know that there's going to be some changes, maybe here or there. But I have high hopes, and I really do wish you nothing but the best of luck with these boys. Um, we usually kind of pivot a little bit towards how you do things on a daily basis, just because I want to get to know how you, the business person or the organizer, yeah, has to you know kind of deal with your day to day life. Yeah. Um, so I'll just kind of ask you, what are some of the things that you like to keep to help you balance? your work-life situation because i know you have a family um and even today we're probably talking about you still working on yourself and making sure that you can help these boys in in what they need to learn so how what are those things that you like to like like they say in the uh, podcast the non-negotiables for you to keep your world balanced Man, it's uh, it's tough, uh, especially when you have three kids of varying ages, and we have three drop-offs every day. Absolutely, and, absolutely, and sleep and all that kind of stuff. So I actually I've forced myself to wake up early just yeah. so I can have at least thirty minutes in the morning to myself. Um, I've been forcing myself to spend an hour of time either in prayer or study. Okay, um, I read a lot of books. Nice, which. It's hard to find a good book for me to stay <laughs> into. Yeah. Um, and then I have to get outside a lot. So yeah. it's been hunting season for the last month. So I've been out a yeah. lot. Nice, nice. <laughs> have you, um, have you, first off, like, how, you know, how does that, is that like 5 a.m., 4 a.m.? What's the, what's early enough to like, before the kids wake Surprisingly, up? Surprisingly, 6 a.m. has been actually pretty good. Because okay. usually yeah. I have to wake up my daughter by 6.30 the latest. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this morning was 5 30 because okay. the dogs were barking yeah so okay because i'm i'm already working a split shift now with my little guy just for so i can tag team out with mom here to like you know she goes to work at nine i i will take over at nine so i'm usually up at like five already to like just jump into working right away early in the morning and start one of my shifts and then jump off again at nine but you know those i like to wake up early anyways but i want to start to do that kind of a little bit earlier so i can get a little bit more me time and a little bit like you say gather my thoughts you know focus in on something write down some notes right you know get get my mind right for the day and and so that i can be more present for him because that's what i felt like the previous years that he's been alive i felt like 
disorganized, not fully, you know, giving him what he needs, but at the same time, just really just winging it when it comes to, because I heard your episode about like uh, being ready, Are being you prepared, prepared. Yeah. Are you prepared? And I was with the, on the side of like, I didn't read it. She, she set up books for me. She had all the books. I I barely read probably a couple pages of them and um, but it was more about getting my 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 head and my mental space ready for him that things are going to change. I already know that I'm going to have to work harder, like you said, or I don't know if it was you or Chris who said that, but it's like work harder, um, you know, be a little bit different about how I approach life because this new entity is going to change all of that less sleep that sort of thing and so the one thing i will tell you is is, as far as morning time goes yeah i'm lucky because my house faces the east okay so i actually watch the sunrise in the morning that's beautiful but what's even more intentional about doing that is i get to watch the sunrise and it helps you to what the bible says number your days Mm -hmm. so it gives me a little bit more intentionality of like i don't know if i'm going to get another sunrise tomorrow yeah so to give you a little bit more intentional time to want to spend time with your kids, mm-hmm. right? So that way you want to invest more time. Like, yeah. hey, it's TV time. Well, I'm going to not be on my phone right now. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to talk a little bit more. I'm going to just sit here and be here. You know yeah. what I mean? So it gets a good reminder for me in the morning to watch that sunrise and go, all right, I yeah. got one more today. So my um, my my mother taught me this, but it's in, through our tribe. Um, we intentionally wake up with the sun and pray to it in the morning because that is essentially the same aspect of like you you know you're welcoming father the father and son to help you recognize your blessings for the day and, and really understand that it's like you know you have very few of these moments like you're you want to wake up so that you can really appreciate the day as it's coming starting and then being a productive member of society and things like that. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I always yeah. say when you reap what you sow, right? That yeah. idea, but I do it on a day-to-day basis. So how you start your morning is how the rest of your day is going to go to. Absolutely. Um, you brought up the hunting. I'd love to ask if you caught anything yet so far. No. Okay. It was funny you talk about shooting and missing is uh, I took the boys out for my over-the-counter archery deer hunt okay. and Halloween hunt two weeks ago. Nice. And uh, didn't see any deer all day. I saw a few, but nothing worth chasing. And yeah. then I saw Havelina right before we were about to leave. So I was like, all right, let's go. watch. <laughs> it took me like 45 minutes to slowly stalk over to him. Yeah. And sure enough, I missed. <sighs> but those are the days those are the days where you're just like, hey, you gotta learn something. Dude, yeah, this. but I made a point of like when I was walking back, I'm like, I can't be disappointed about this. I gotta yeah. show him like, hey, I failed, but it's okay. Yeah. It was still fun. You yeah, know? absolutely. So, so you do a little bit of um bow and shooting or what's yeah i do Uh, i prefer archery i shoot every day oh awesome see that's something i wish i i want to do a little bit more is learning a little bit of archery not my my dad's more of the 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 hunt like shooting and and being with the guns but i i think my route would be more of that level of archery and and being more of the bow hunter situation i mean just to be able to do it in your backyards for physical activity going out so much fun absolutely I'm also kind of a fan of, um, what's his name? The Keep Hammering guy. Oh, Cameron Haynes. Cameron Haynes. It's just, I love his, like, it's just, I don't know, something about the way he does certain things. And and, um, I want to get a little bit better as far as, too, my health and wellness comes from that, stems from that as well. It's just like, 
I know from an aspect of just you know eating what you what you what you capture, it's a little bit healthier in here how you go about like um, understanding your food and the elements that you bring into your world and you, who you like what you eat on a daily basis too. It's like you know having that aspect of like you know you catch what you what you kill and you you know use every element of it as much as you can. But it's on that aspect of like preparing it too. It's yeah. like, you know, how you cook it and all that stuff. It's just, there's so much that you can gain from that. Knowledge. And like communal time that you get with your family. Exactly. Um, do you have a second freezer situation? Cause I've always loved to ask this of hunters because you, you, you have a lot of meat that you kind of take away if you do capture something. Yeah, my freezer's pretty low, but I have a second fridge and a giant Santa freezer. Nice. <laughs> I just love asking that because it's just like, you kind of know off of you know if you're especially if you're doing this on a on a more routine scale, you know you kind of have you need the space for it. Yeah, one it. elk will fill up half my freezer. So Dang, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I love learning these <laughs> details. But thank you again for sharing so much with us. I uh, I really do appreciate. Not only what you do on your day to day, but just your overall demeanor, just like who you are as a person. I wish you nothing but the best of luck with these boys. And I hope that they can walk away knowing that the person behind uh, who teaches them has a story to tell himself and really does um, want to help on that grander scale. So um, if they're watching this, I mean, kudos to them for doing the, doing what they do, but also kudos to you for for being the man that you are. So thank you. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, and then um, towards the end of our conversations, we usually like to kick it to you to let everyone know where they, where you, they can find you online, any social media handles, anything and everything in between website, whatever you want to promote. Floor is yours. Cool. Yeah. Uh, look at our website, fieldfaith.org. Uh, we do have our podcast, field and faith podcast, Spotify, all the major platforms. Nice. Um, social media, field faith org. Uh, pretty straightforward yeah you can we are 501c3 so please donate that is 100% how we operate so yeah. we uh, we definitely need it with the expanding programs and stuff so I'm sure I'm sure someone out there was uh, listening it's going to definitely help you guys out in the future this is a great program for for what you deal with and I mean honestly it's much needed around the world so thank you again and uh uh, before we go, we do have our little outro. Uh, thank you again, everyone, for watching Finding Arizona Podcast. You can find us at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We make it easy for you guys to follow us through social media. That's Finding Arizona Podcast. And last but not least, we always say it after every one of our episodes. It's kisses, hugs, and belly rubs to our four-legged friends. And we'll see you next time. Bye, y'all.